0: Welcome to the Swimming Ideas Podcast number eight, How a Child Perceives Swim Lessons. My name is Jeff, and we'll get started right now. Today, we're gonna look at two different things. We're gonna look at what a child's experience looks like from their perspective on the first day of swim lessons, and what parents can do to make that first day experience a better one. And then we'll go into some details about what parents can do for providing a better transition for kids that may not actually want to be at swim lessons. And then finally, with those things, what the swim instructors and what the swim coordinator or director can do to help make that transition easier. So let's begin with the child and what they expect from swim lessons and what they kind of experience on their first day we're going to take a look at a number of different things that children can experience when they're going to swim lessons for the first time first thing that they typically will understand or look at is is this a new place have they been to this location before or have they been somewhere similar to it before so is this a new location that you're going to and if so that may cause some apprehension Uh, or it may not, it really depends on the child, but that's something to consider. If you are taking swim lessons, you may want to offer uh, to go to the swim lesson, to the pool, before the class actually begins. So make a trip there so they are familiar with the place, so they have an idea of what to expect before they go for their swim lesson. And if you are a swim instructor or a, a swim director, maybe consider offering a free visit day making your lessons open to the public where they can observe but not actually get on the pool deck if you have windows. Um, Or like an open swim where families can come, they can pay, and they can be in the pool with a lifeguard without any instruction. Uh, Those would be good options for kind of acclimating a child to the um, pool or the location that they're going to. Uh, So is it somewhere that they've been before? Is it a new place? and if it ha- is if it is somewhere new try to get there before your actual lesson uh, second are, do they have any prior expectations so has that child experienced something similar to this in the past have they been to a pool and maybe they've gone to different swim lessons before and now they have an experience based on those swim lessons on what's going to happen and that's going to set the tone for their current experience. And what can you do as a parent to kind of make sure that it's a, either a distinctly different experience, so make reinforcing that it's at a different place, there's different people, maybe the activity is a little bit different, um, or making it a connection to a previous place. So if they're apprehensive of the new place, say it's just like our old one. We've been there before. We've done same, things similar to kind of make them aware that they've done something like that before Uh, so do they have any prior expectations of swim lessons or of swimming or of that particular pool Uh, another thing you can look at uh, that children are going to look at are are there other people their age there do they have their peers that they can kind of watch what's going on with other people to kind of understand what's going to happen for them Uh, are there friends there do they have people that they know that'll certainly help. Um, Or are there other people their age? Are they the youngest? Are they the oldest? Do they fit into the group? Are there adults there when it's just one child? You know, what's the makeup of the classes? What's going on? And and your child will be able to see what's going on um, with other kids and and kinda make sure that, oh, it's okay for them, then it might also be okay for me. So. A lot of this is looking into what kids uh, uh, that are apprehensive or scared of swim lessons, you know, consider, are they in a new location? Have they been here before? Do they have any prior expectations of swimming? Do they have any friends there, or are there people their age that they can connect with? And then finally, what are the expectations of the parent uh, that are transferred to the child? So is the parent scared? And then if the parent's not buying into the safety or into the new program or your program, if you're a, a swim uh, manager, then then they're going to transfer that kind of fear to their kid. The child is going to pick up on the parent's apprehension and the parent's fear. And that sometimes is, is the hardest thing to deal with because then you have to take care of the parent and take care of the child. So it can be a different, difficult thing to do, and we can go into that a little bit Um, so before the child is even in the water or have even met the instructor they're gonna have these prior expectations these prior things that beforehand are gonna dictate their their reaction to the swimming so is are they at a new place and if they are that can make it scary Have have they been somewhere similar to, like, have they been to a pool before? Have they been to uh, an indoor pool or an outdoor pool? Do they have any prior expectations? So have they been in lessons before somewhere else? Uh, Are there friends there? Are there people their age? Do they have peers, Uh, people uh, similar to them that they can kind of connect with during a lesson? And... Or do the parents have any expectations or apprehensions or fears that are they're transferring to their child? And sometimes you can have a parent that is extremely comfortable and fine and happy and relaxed, totally buys into the system or to the program but their child just can't handle that separation and that's something that we can look at as well. So uh, these prior expectations can dictate a lot of the behavior of a child and you want to do your best to mitigate that so, some solutions you can have for is it a new place offer an open day or an open swim where families that are not enrolled in your program can come and visit to kind of get an experience at that location maybe offer a trial like a like a meet-and-greet where there's no actual lesson going on but the instructors or some of the instructors will be on deck and you can give like a tour like a dry tour of your facility to new parents and swimmers uh, so they can walk around the pool deck they can find out where their lessons are going to be so they know where to go on their first day Um, prior expectations there's not much you can do for this aside from uh, letting your lessons be observable so let them come and watch a lesson that's already in progress Uh, sometimes that helps Uh, peers their age Make sure you're offering classes that have a wide range of availability for multiple age groups. And for parent expectations, uh, that would be the swim coordinator, the swim instructor's job, to connect with the parent and kind of give them an exact rundown of what you're going to do in the water, uh, how you're going to take care of them, how you're going to watch the child, and where they're going to be. And when you are confident, then the parents will be confident as well. Okay, let's move on to when the child is actually getting in the pool. And we'll go over a little bit about what we do in our program and then how the child is going to perceive each of the actions that we take. Now, for our program, how we work it is that we have a common area that the participants stand in, and it's outside the pool and we have a door where our manager will call out attendance and make sure they know who is at the lesson for that day and each child will have a assigned instructor for them so they should have the same instructor each week and on the first day we're going to call attendance and then we'll call out the children that are going to be in their first group together And we do that because on the first day, we assess their skills before putting them in a level. We don't have our participants register for a level, we have them just register for a time slot. And then we separate them out based on their ability. So on the first day, the manager is going to call out a group of kids, typically by age, and have them meet their instructor for the first time. And on that first day, the instructor will smile, say hello, repeat their name, tell them their own name, and then walk them over to the side of the pool. So the first interaction that a child's going to have is with their parent. And there will be a a person calling their name. And then there will be that transition from the parent's care to the swim instructor's care, where they kind of transfer And that's a crucial time because sometimes uh, kids are not comfortable being handed off to a stranger. And you may need to have the parent walk in with the child just to reassure them. And we don't want them near the pool edge, but we can allow them on the pool deck. And that's important because we don't want parents hovering over the side of the pool because the kids are not going to be paying attention to the instructor they're going to be looking to their parent so every command that the instructor gives they're going to look to the parent first and unfortunately we can't do that because we need to conduct a lesson and swim lessons are teaching children to do things and i'm speaking for children's swim lessons here to do things that they don't want to do or they're afraid of doing so we need to give make, have an established command uh, 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 listening and behaving in a certain way is ex- almost exactly, and and that can be uh, difficult to teach if you don't have, especially this very physical and somewhat frightening, teaching this the this uh, skills the the swimming, with a parent hovering overhead. So, uh, I my opinion that doesn't work very well. If you've had any experience with this where. You teach lessons with the parent in the water, aside from like a parent-taught class, and when you're trying to teach them to go underwater and swim on their own between like three to eight years old, I would love to hear about how you do that. Maybe you're teaching both of them at the same time, but there's a power structure here that goes on between the parent, the instructor, and the child that makes it so much easier when the parent is removed from that location because... Then the instructor takes over the mantle of being in charge, and uh, that's actually part of the implied authority that we're going to get to in a little bit. So, uh, that first transition is from the parent showing up and handing off their child to the instructor. So, the first interaction that a child is going to have is hearing their name and then walking onto the pool deck without the parent, ideally, and being transferred into the swim instructor's custody so that's the first instruction and that's that's a a pain point that's a problem point because some children don't want to be separated from their parents and the ones that don't will cry then and then we have to adopt that so typically if they do start crying then we move on to the next child and then give the parent an opportunity to kind of take care of the child on their own and they will do typically do a good job of calming the child down, letting them know that everything is okay, and then sending them out on the pool deck, whether with them or um, getting them comfortable enough to go by themselves uh, onto the pool deck or with a manager and not in the big group. So attendance, finding the teacher. And the first activity that we do is we got to get in the water. We want to make this process as simple, as easy as possible. So on the first day, I always recommend we do not lift them up like we're jumping or pulling them in the water quickly or fast or jumping in. Unless we know the child and we've had lessons with them before. If it's a new participant, we want to hold their hand, have them sit on the edge, and gently lift them or pick them up into the pool and put them on their platform. So we use platforms because our pool is not shallow enough for zero depth. Or we walk down the stairs. We have these stairs for people that are in the pool, that are removable. And we'll hold their hand as they walk down the stairs. And then we'll pick them up and put them on our shoulder or on our hip and bring them over to our platform. So we want to make it an intimate, you know, uh, the, the instructors holding their hand and touching uh, and holding if you can. We don't want to do any large jumps or leaps or quick motions that can scare the child so we want to make it a slow easy experience to get them in the water and that's really important because that's the second pain point that's the second time uh most likely time that a child's going to start freaking out or crying is when they're entering the water and because that's the that's the when it becomes real you know they're on the pool deck They've been handed off by their parents, but they don't really have to do anything yet. They haven't changed their environment at all. They're still walking, and it's that the water might be cold, the water's different, they've never done something like this. So that that time when they first get in is important, and it establishes how it's going to be for the rest of the time. Because uh, if we do something scary and abrupt and something they don't expect, then every opportunity that we ask them to do something new they're gonna refer back to that first event and freak out because they're expecting some wild jumping leaping something that they didn't think was going to happen now did and that might happen again so they're going to remember that so be careful when you enter the water i would suggest that you train your staff on how to enter the water like this and make it clear and it, it seems mundane it seems small but make it clear that you cannot take loud or large motion, quick motion actions when you enter the water for the first time. Hold their hand, let them slide in, pick them up gently, hold them on your hip, uh, like uh, holding them in the saddle, uh, and then gently place them on the bench or the platform or at their location. So after entering the water, which is not getting underwater, but just getting in the pool, is the first activity and the first activity is really going to be the test that the child is having on the instructor of whether or not they're going to listen to them so we want to make it as simple as possible and if we give a command that they're not going to listen to we need to give them an alternative that they can do and yet still maintain authority over the child so as an instructor we're looking for attention to our instructions. so actually like the child listening to us and as the child they're kind of assessing the instructor as okay am i going to listen to this person do they know what they're talking about what's going on and they're going to be a little apprehensive because they're in the water they don't know what's going on and they have no idea what you could possibly do to them you mean you could pick them up and throw them into the pool for all they know and let them laugh as they struggle and that's not going to happen But it might in their mind and and we got to make sure that we do something that makes is easily achievable and ideally fun and what they'll listen to us with. So we want to give a series of commands that they're going to follow. So the first thing we typically do are bobs and you want to say it in such a way that if they don't go underwater then they have an opportunity to complete that objective as an alternative. So we say, all right, go underwater 3 times. If you're not going to go all the way underwater, put your chin in the water or your nose in the water 3 times. And that gives them three choices to accomplish the goal so they can put their chin or their nose or their whole head in the water. And you'll and that's right off the bat for every level. So go underwater, and do whatever you need to do. And of course, the expectation for older or more advanced swimmers is that they can go underwater And incidentally, this is the first testable skill. Do they go underwater? And if they don't, we know right away that they're gonna be in what we call level one. And if they do go underwater, then we're ready to look at, okay, are they ready for level two? So from that first entrance, from the first activity, we're already doing two things. We're making sure that they're okay. We're giving them clear expectations of what to do. We're establishing the instructor's authority. Sorry, three things and we're assessing their level and finding out where they're going on that first day so for, from a child's perspective they're seeing this first activity as, oh this is really simple i can do this all right fine and it's something that they can do without barely moving and then once they've done that they've established that they're going to listen to the instructor because they can do one of those three things quite easily uh, and they'll follow the instructor's commands. And the more commands that the instructor gives, the easier it will be for that child to follow those commands. And what the child is doing is slowly trusting the instructor to direct them in a way that's both fun, entertaining, and challenging, and they're going to learn something new, which is interesting. So the first challenging activity is the next pain point. So if a child is okay with going underwater or okay with doing front glides or okay with putting their mouth in the water the next most likely time that they're going to cry is when you ask them to do something that they don't want to do or that they're challenged to do and so a lot of times this is when they watch someone who's more advanced do a front glide with their face in the water a supported front glide let's say and they see that happen and they freak out because they think they're going to have to do exactly the same thing and they haven't seen anyone else do anything modified so what we tell our instructors to do is to modify that experience for them before they freak out. So show them with someone else, here's what you can do if you don't want to put your face in the water. Or here's how we're gonna do it, we're gonna do a back float, for instance, with support. So I'm gonna hold your head on my shoulder so it's not gonna go under water, and I'm gonna hold you up completely with my body. So, or with my hands, I'm going to hold your body up completely. Uh, So a good way is to take another child first if you can, but if it's the first child that you have, do the supported version always first. So always start at the beginning and then gradually move up to a more challenging thing. So that first challenge, provide an example of someone else to do it modified or make it clear that there's a modified version for everybody and they don't have to do everything exactly. And, and that'll completely, usually it gets rid of the first apprehension, the first scary challenge. So, like, um, being on their back, most people that are starting don't like that sensation. So they'll do everything else with these. But the second you ask them to get on their back, they freak out because it's something they don't want to do, they don't like doing. And in order to get over that fear, we can tell them that we're going to do this skill, but we're going to change it so they don't have to worry and we can show them with someone else or we can show them with them and go slowly and explain what we're doing and kind of walk them through it first. And so we always wanna move things incrementally and we want to establish trust by our actions and by our words and following through and doing what we say we're gonna do. And the child's also gonna give you some implied authority, which means that because the parent is gonna say things like you need to listen to your swim instructor or listen to this person or follow the rules or pay attention they're gonna assume that their parents want them to listen to the instructor so then the instructor has the authority of the parent through implied authority so the the child thinks that the instructor is in charge because the parent says they are and we're gonna use that to our advantage by saying if we get run into problems with the first challenging activity we're gonna say well your mom wants you to do this or your mom told you to come in here, and she wants me to do this for you, so you need to do this. And you can invoke the parent, uh, though it's implied. So the, the the parent will say, you know, listen or pay attention, or you're going with them. They're handing at the beginning when you get when the child gets handed off from the parent to the instructor. That's the implied authority. The the parent is not verbally saying it, but implying to the child that you are under the care of the instructor and now you need to listen to them. So some things to remember, children do pick up on the parent's feelings. So if the parent is afraid throughout this experience, the child is gonna pick up on that. And that's because they are attuned and they pay attention and they watch every motion and every word of a parent. So what the parent says, how the parent feels, how they react, is going to definitely play a role on how the child reacts and how the child thinks about swimming and swim lessons and what they're doing so as a parent be careful that as a swim director watch out for parents that are also freaking out and do your best to tell them this is what we're going to do explain to them in length or in detail how things are going to go make sure that they understand the format of your lessons Uh, so the children do pick up on the feelings of apprehension from the parents Uh, another thing that you can uh, another problem point with parents are uh, trying to stay uh, with the child for the session for during the lesson Uh, that can be difficult because then they're hovering and then they're distracting the child and the child doesn't listen to the parent to the swim instructor they just focus on the parent and that's a problem so we want the instructor to have the authority in the class and not the parent because the parent may give them the opportunity not to participate or counteract the instructions of an instructor and that undermines the authority of the instructor in front of the other kids. So we want to kind of get rid of that parent interaction there. And to do that, let them come in with their child if they want for the beginning and then move away as soon as the child becomes distracted or engaged with some sort of activity. Now, they don't need to leave eye shot from the child. If you have windows where the child can see the parent, that's excellent because they can't hear, they can't get to them, but they can see them. And that makes a huge difference at making uh, children a little more at ease. Uh, so keeping them within earshot, but getting them off the pool deck if you can. If you can't then they have to stay on the pool deck, getting the parents away from that child's class so they're at least 5 to 10 feet away and that makes it a lot easier. Um, some children will settle better if you keep your goodbyes brief as a parent. So lingering may only make the whole process more painful for both people. So it may make it more difficult for the, the parent, and it may make it worse for the child because they're thinking, oh my gosh, they don't want me to go. They're, freak- they're just as scared as I am. Uh, so as a parent, try to keep your... Your transition at that beginning during the uh, handing off to the instructor, try to keep that brief. Give them a hug, give them a kiss, say, You're going to do great. You know, I love you. You'll do fine. Listen to your teacher. Have fun. You know, keep it brief. You don't need to walk them out there. You know, how the parent acts is going to establish kind of how the child is going to act. And, um, and as a swim director, you can also take over, you can grab the child's hand and walk them out to their instructor. So there's things that we can do as well to make sure the child is okay during swim lessons. Uh, So we go through some of these guides on our website, swimminglessonsideas.com. We'd love for you to check that out and look around through our website with the first experience. And, you know, I think what would be fun is what experiences do you have with people or children that have been crying on their first day? And how do you handle that? And how do you think the child perceives their their swim lessons on the first day or on any day? What are they looking at? I know that they're evaluating us at all times, but they tend to fall into a pattern of um, obedience, and which is great, because that's what we want. We want them to follow our instructions in such a way as that they do these things to get better at swimming and that's our ultimate goal is to teach them how to swim we're teachers and we need to get them uh, through repetition through physical muscle memory into and and just mentally doing things that they're not used to or don't may not want to do Uh, so what do you what have you done to take care of this experience this what what do you think of what do you think the child perceives when they come to swim lessons and what do you do to make that perception a positive one how do you what things do you specifically do to address that perception of swim lessons and to make it as welcoming and as warm as possible definitely would love to hear from you And you have a few different options on how you want to do that send us an email jswim at swimminglessonsideas.com uh send us a tweet at swimmingideas find us on facebook swimminglessonsideas.com we also have a google plus page swimminglessonsideas.com or you can make a comment in the comments Uh, that would be fantastic to get some comments on either the website or on the podcast and if you found this podcast on itunes would love to have some reviews so definitely check out the review section. Uh, Give us an honest review. That would be fantastic. And any suggestions you have. What do you want to hear about? Is there something regarding swim lessons or swimming that you want to know or you want to go over or that you just want a second opinion on? would love to hear your... uh, What what are you looking for? Are you looking for ideas? Are you looking for games? Um, Are you looking for... You know, what other people do to solve common problems. Uh, I gave you a few of them in today's podcast. Make sure that, uh, you know, identify those problems, those pain points during your lessons. You know, when the the first initial handoff, when the uh, the parent hands the child off to the instructor. The first time the child is entering the water, how do they enter the water? The first activity that they do immediately. And then the first challenging activity, how do you handle it? You know, we went over those things today, and I gave you what we do in our program, and it works great. What do you do? How do you handle those situations in your program? What what about what tools do you use to put up on the wall? Like, uh, do you use props? Do you do routines? I know some people do, like, pictures. You know, go to the red group. You're in the yellow group. You're in the bus area. Like, sometimes they call them polywogs or guppies. You know, do you use different names? You know, what do you do to make that experience easier and better for your swimmers? Um, so, send us an email, jswim at swimminglessonsideas.com. Leave a comment, swimminglessonsideas.com. Or on iTunes, give us a review. Send us an email. It's uh, Swimming Ideas Podcast. And thank you for your time. Look forward to hearing from you. And take care.